Good morning, ladies. Welcome to Mom Power. I am so grateful to be here. And I'm really thankful for this lesson today and what it's taught me about being Karen Broadhead. To be able to work here at Life Changing Services and have the opportunity to rub shoulders with such amazing women in such courageous places, to learn so much about faith and love and the Savior with them. It's been such a gift in my life. I'm the parent support specialist for Life Changing Services and the founder and director of Mothers You Know. All right, PJ, I want to turn it over to you. Karen, we appreciate you, and it's fun to see some faces here. Appreciate you being here. So thanks so much for that. And Karen, yes, I'm glad you told a little bit about yourself. I'm going to tell a tiny bit more before I turn the time back to you. Just so everybody knows uh, where we're at, this is, we call this Mom Power Live now. So the lessons that you're able to listen to when it's convenient for you, just that mom power training has been such a great blessing to so many people just to, to learn about those tools and skills. We do appreciate you taking some time to be here with us. And this training is sponsored by Mothers Who Know and Life Changing Services. And like Karen said, Karen's the founder and director of Mothers Who Know. And this is one of the classes that she's helped to develop to as she's watched so many people in other life-changing services programs and, and learned about some of the spiritual pieces and the scientific pieces that go so beautifully together for mothers. And so we really appreciate this, just this Mothers Who Know, the faith-filled gathering place online so that we can find this connection, support, and training. And also, it's just filled with so much hope. So we're grateful for Mothers Who Know. Glad we have that. And, and this training is just another one of the pieces that are always Christ-centered and just packed with some of those neat tools that you've already been learning about. And I bet have already just seen how they work so beautifully in your life. So I was trying to think of a couple of things that just, what does this training do? And I just, one of the things I love is that it helps us to link arms with other like-minded women. And I love the idea of setting powerful habits in motion, like that come along with the, the mom power calendar and just having daily things we do that just help get our thoughts lined up with the help of the, with heaven's help and the help of the spirit. And so I love that. And I love I love the piece of connecting dots between spiritual truths and scientific principles. They're so valuable. And then I also just like um, having the see awareness that is raised, which is just elevated the way we think and how that's connected to how we feel and act. And anyway, we'll, we'll be learning a little bit more about one of those principles today with um, lesson three, we're going to be discussing a little bit further. It's notice, just notice it's lesson three and it just um, talks about just that thing, heightening our awareness of, of, of so many things. And so Karen will talk a little bit more about that. Karen will highlight some of the special parts of the lesson. And she also likes to leave lots of time for you to be able to, to share insights or ask questions. And just so you know that Life Changing Services, our parent company, is is a team of Latter-day Saint therapists and professionals that provide gospel-centered training and healing. It's awesome to have that piece, that spiritual piece as a part of healing. And so just if you have some yourself or, or family members that might could use some help with some of the common challenges our families are facing, like the trap of pornography or mental health struggles, just visit lifechangingservices.org. That's a great place to see what they have to offer and if it's something that might be of help to your family. All right, let's see. Karen, just appreciate you. Just appreciate your the special gifts that you have. One of pointing women to the Savior so carefully. We you find in anything Karen does, you will find Christ's words and his teachings kind of at the heart of anything she does and all of the, the things that she offers here. So if you haven't visited with Karen yet, uh, she does have a, a really neat complimentary visit that she loves to visit with moms. And so you can find that on motherswhoknow.org under the support tab. You'll just see complimentary visit under there. So please feel free to do that. And lots of you moms have already visited with her and, and just know that she has that available. And she also does 
does her own coaching, which is so, so valuable. Lots of people have loved that. So just know those things are available and you can always email us at mothers who know at lifechangingservices.org to find out a little bit more information if you have any questions. All right, Karen, let's head back to you and get started. BJ, thank you so much. Why are you fighting? Why don't you just give up? What's a principle in their mom power training as you've been listening or looking at the resources that you've really appreciated? Have you figured out something true to declare about you or a thought to think about you that really supports your truth? The first thing I thought to say today was, aren't you thirsty? Let's all just get a drink. Do you have a drink? And really, truly, I really mean it. If you don't have a drink, go get something that's liquid that goes down your throat right now. If you don't have one and set it by you, because that's important today, just that we all have a drink because we might be thirsty. All right. So this lesson this week is notice, just notice. And there's a theme in this lesson that I feel is just vital. Like as I was creating this mom power training, this lesson was huge to me. Like it's going in there and it's going to go in before we even talk about the science of things that are related to the eternal wire principles in life-changing services. Just in case I haven't said this, I don't think I have said this. So I really want to, and I always forget to, and then I put things everywhere. The Like Dragons Did They Fight book by Maurice Harker, which is over there. And the Mama Trauma Now What book, which is also over there. Those two books are great resources for this course. If you wanted more to look at, I know we've we've given you plenty to look at. But some other books that I do have right here that are really great for you to look at is the Stephen A. Kramer, Armed with Righteousness, Winning Our Battles with Satan. And then this one is put out by our company by Maurice Harker and Reuben Aiden. And it's never a happier time going through the war chapters of the Book of Mormon and applying spiritual psychology that we mentioned earlier. Okay, so I often get really thirsty for the love of Christ. And one of the reasons why we say stay by the tree is to keep us hydrated spiritually to keep us looking vertically and not be closed off just to a horizontal temporal view, because that's where we're experiencing so much of our lives is this, you know, in our moral experience to remember that I'm not just drinking living water that comes from the savior, but I'm going to try to drink deeply. And so here is this scripture. But whosoever shall drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. And I just really wanted to share a little story with you as we get going this morning. And I would just love to ask you, what have you learned about building a relationship with Jesus Christ? Because I'm going to come back hopefully and share another This is what Matthew Heaps says. He says, I know that well water the Savior offers us never runs dry and is pure and life-sustaining. When we come to him with an empty cup, he will fill it, often beyond our capacity to receive. He is truly living water, a manifestation of the love of God. As We are talking about this lesson, and the reason why I thought it was so important to put in our training is because I was born into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I have incredible good parents that taught me so many beautiful things. I've been very active in the church my whole life, and it wasn't until I had a son that was hurting so deeply and we found the training in Sons of Helaman, and he started participating in this training that I started noticing when he started winning and getting more toward a recovery place 
that the way he was doing that had so much to do with what he was doing and how he was doing it. It, he, it wasn't that he had so much more truth about Jesus Christ in his life. He'd always had it available and he was just like me been born in the church and we were active in the church, but it was so wonderful to just notice he started doing teenager boy things that I'd never seen him do before. And the reason why I think it's so critical, this lesson notice, just notice is I had been all those years with so much truth. And I had not quite recognized how to drink deeply and how to claim that living water. I just really thought it had more to do with showing up in a certain way and making sure I checked off the gospel in action boxes that were required for me as a mother, because I wanted to claim all the promises that were available for keeping all those boxes checked. I thought if I did my part, then everybody else would be safe. And, but when we had this big mess, I, I was going through some trauma because I was feeling really betrayed and really confused and really hurt. And it's because I didn't know how to get a drink yet. I didn't know how to get a drink. I was 44 years old when my son started doing this. He started doing a fist bump like this over his head often. And he had lots of spiritual routines that he was up to. He had things that he had memorized that he would say. They were all very spiritually infused with spiritual truth, with uh, truths that defended his identity as a son of God and kept reminding him that the mess that he was in had nothing to do with who he was. And he had learned what ferocity meant, what doing things on purpose meant, and when he started applying all of these principles that would assist him to stay in his truth, but also say words that would help him to stay in his truth and do actions that would help him to stay in his truth, what I noticed was the first thing I noticed that was just really odd that I just said, okay, I can't handle it. I need to ask him what you're doing. And because he would come up the driveway and do this on his way into the house before he'd go down stairs into the basement he would do that before he'd go downstairs before he got up from sitting down somewhere he'd do that like he had places where it was like a check-in and so one day I asked him what are you doing what is this you know what are you doing because every time he'd do it he'd look super happy like he was really meaning what he was doing and he said really just like not a thought about it as he's just like it's not a big deal like it's what I'm doing but he just said oh that's just me this bumping God and I was like my first thought was are we allowed to fist bump God I don't think that's a good thing to do fist bump God you know that was my first thought was that's not the way we do it you know and so I was watching him and he, it was when he got that kind of purposeful ferocity behind who he was, whose he was, and really accessing the power of Jesus Christ, Christ and what, the correct, what he could do because of his atoning sacrifice for him to help him do things beyond what he could do by himself and to want things more than he wanted them all by himself and to find so much more hope toward what he wanted. And, you know, my son was in the sense of healing program for three years. It was a process. It wasn't like, well, this is a cool place to be. I am going to just really understand this and do it. It took a lot of me watching and thinking, oh, wow, we're going backwards. We're stuck again. I don't know if this is even doing anything, you know. And then 
when he finally got the peace of Jesus Christ helps me be a really good loser. I can still drink deeply of living water no matter what. He's here to help me. So when he went on his mission, it was very apparent to me that my son knows so much more about having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ than I do. I have no idea what to do to figure out what he did. I'm definitely not going to do this because that's not my thing. Like I would just feel weird fist bumping God. But to him, that along with many other things was something he did. And so this notice, just notice lesson is so critical in our success because it doesn't matter how long you've had truth in your life. It doesn't matter how many times you've sang primary songs that talk about Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter how many times you put your hand in a tray, taken out bread and put it in your mouth. It doesn't matter how many times you've put your dress on and gone to the right place on Sunday. This is what, from this last general conference, oh, his name is Elder John U-T-E-H. And his, his talk was just before President Nelson's awesome talk on faith. But the name of his talk is Our Personal Savior. And I would just encourage you to go check out this talk. He says, he quotes Elder Bednar, do we only know about the Savior or are we increasingly come, coming to know him? How do we come to know the Lord? It's a quote by, by Elder Bednar. And then this, this elder, he said, he realized that what I know about the Savior greatly outweighed how much I really knew him. And so he discovered through lots of effort and a decision that he'd made to find a savior. And he just says three things in here that he did. First, he recognized that knowing the savior is the most important pursuit of our lives. It should take priority over anything else. And I didn't even know what that looked like. I was like, I I just thought I was doing it right. But I was realizing I'm feeling so thirsty. I don't think I've really been drinking deeply. I don't really think I understand. I understood a lot about Heavenly Father because for some reason I'd connected with, I kind of feel like a relationship with Heavenly Father, but I've never even considered a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So the first thing he says is that's the most important pursuit of our lives, that it takes priority over anything else, us recognizing and knowing the Savior. And then the second thing he brought up was that, that we have to increasingly come to know the Savior and that it has a lot more to do, has a lot less to do about increasing in our knowledge and having awesome words that we write down and words that we say. But what makes it intimately meaningful to us is that they become our own words as we read things and write things, that they get become a part of how we talk. It is not about just copying the words or, or feelings and expressing those things to others. He says, it's coming to know for ourselves in our own unique way, Jesus Christ, and having a manifestation from the Holy Ghost that he is real and he did what he did. And it was very personal for us. And then the third thing he mentions is understanding that the atonement of Jesus Christ applies to us personally and individually will help us know him. So I just want to share with you quickly some of the truths that I found, because when my son went on his mission, I wrote him a letter. He hadn't even been out a month, and I just thanked him because I had such a feeling, just like this elder in his talk, how he realized, I don't think that I know him. I just know about him. 
And I watched my son come to know him and to build, start building a relationship with him. And so I told my son in a letter, I just want you to know that you already have a convert and it's me. And I'm going to be on a mission while you're on a mission. And my goal is to figure out what you did, how to build my own personal relationship with Jesus Christ, because you inspired me so much. So I want to share with you some of the things that stood out to me just quickly. So here we go. So my goal, because I was really hurt and I had been through this very long, exhausting, weary process, and it took me, it took my son three years. I've often thought it took him so long in sense of healing because God was trying to teach me how to teach, how to, how to be a better mom and how to apply really important principles as a mom. And it probably had a lot to do with what we're doing here, that my experience led me to, to notice that we all need to know this so desperately. So here's some of the scriptures that stood out to me as I went to the scriptures. And what I was trying to prove is that Jesus Christ wanted me to hang out with him, that he wanted to be with me and know me and that he was there for me because I had a belief that I didn't receive personal revelation, that I was just a faithful daughter of God that just say yes all the time and just follow what was required. So I really went with the purpose of I'm going to look at the scriptures and I'm going to pray. I'm going to use my power goals, my prayer, my writing, and my reading. And I'm going to combine those three things to find you. And this is one that I loved in Isaiah chapter 43 that stood out to me. Thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Karen. Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. And I mean, thou art mine. I'm just going to read the highlighted things for the sake of time. Since thou was precious in my sight, in my sight, Thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Fear not, for I am with thee. Even everyone that is called by, the, by my name, for I have created her or him for my glory. I have formed her. Yea, I have made her. Let them hear and say it is truth. So believe me, I made you. I'm here. You're mine. I've called you by name. We have hung out. Like, it's not like we're, we never have. We have. We've hung out. I know you. And then the other one that really stood out to me was this one. Because it was, God is no respecter of persons, Karen. And you are allowed, just because you're not the Relief Society president or the lady that's the right size, or have the best family or the best whatever that looks like this is how you follow Jesus. It was a lot more about, for behold, I say unto you that the Lord God worketh not in darkness. Behold, doth he cry unto any saying, depart from me? Behold, I say unto you, nay, but he saith, come unto me, all ye ends of the earth, buy milk and honey without money and without price. Hath he commanded any that they should not partake of his salvation? Behold, I say unto you, nay, but he hath given it freely for all men and women. Behold, hath the Lord commanded any that they should not partake of his goodness? Behold, I say unto you, nay, but all men and women are privileged, the one likened to the other. And none are forbidden. And he invited them all to come unto him and partake of his goodness. And he denied none that come unto him black and white, bond and free, male and female. And he, he remembereth the heathen and all are alike unto God, both Jew and Gentile. 
So as I read this one, I was like, what? Then where, where have you been? That's what I was thinking. Where have you been? Why didn't you come save this problem? How come you haven't helped me? I don't feel like you've helped me. I don't really feel like this. But it was exactly like this elder in this talk from General Conference said, I needed a spiritual witness given to me through the Holy Ghost that Jesus is my Jesus. And that all that he offered was mine. But there was a rule. And I, just because I'd been doing so many really cool things that looked like I knew exactly how to find Jesus and we were friends. I knew how to talk about how to find Jesus. I knew how to act like this is how you act when you find Jesus. I just knew what all that looked like. But I hadn't had my own personal conversion to him for me. So I'm just, this is taken straight from a document on personal revelation that I give out in my classes, but it says, this is Karen's first powering journal, power journal, aha. Question for the Lord. I have this on my journal. Do you really want to hang out with me? The Lord calls to us with his voice and waits at the door and knocking until we figure out how to open the door. Don't stop trying to improve your personal revelation. The joy and power it brings into your life are worth your effort. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Revelations 3.20. And then I said, what? Did that just say that Christ is knocking on my door and calling me? to come for dinner like he wants to come in for dinner that's it i'm putting on the pot roast i'm putting the pot roast in the oven preparing my home setting the table and getting myself ready to be a great hostess who will have a beautiful satisfying experience and eat something delicious with this eight year right it just filled me with the he totally wants to hang out with me consider what that might look like for you as it applies to opening ourselves up for the prepping for spirit for, for for and prepping for a spiritual feast would it be valuable to remind ourselves often that the doorknob is on our side of the door and the lord is asking if he can be our guest so this was just huge it was a huge aha to me and it took me a long time, but I really did decide I am making a commitment that looks different than I've ever made in my whole life. I'm making an appointment with Jesus Christ. And this is when it is. I'm going to communicate with him. I'm having an appointment with you. And it didn't look pretty every time, but I'm never going to not try to keep that appointment. Sometimes I might be a little more fleshy and mortal and broken than other times, but my alarm will never not go off at 4 a.m. in the morning for these two years that my son is gone. It will always go off at four. And if I don't get up, I'm not going to be awful and say, no wonder Jesus doesn't like you. But I knew in my life, if I was going to be on a mission while my son was on a mission, I had to do something I'd never done before because I was so thirsty. And so this lesson notice, just notice, is so important in our lives for us to understand that it's not about knowing about him. It's about knowing him. And that it's very unique and very personal, just like I have three biological babies and I have five children because we have a blended family, but the three biological babies I have, I knew with my first baby that I had exactly how to put that boy to sleep. I knew exactly how to 
hold him and how to put him on this side and what I did with his head and what I did to get him to go to sleep. And he knew because we were building this constant relationship that when my mom does this, it's time to go to sleep. It's time for me to go to sleep. And then I had another child. All I had to do, I, he would never go to sleep in my arms ever. I had to either put him in a car seat and go for a drive, or I had to put him directly into his bed and just say words like, it's time to go to sleep. And he would have kind of this, okay, thanks for putting me somewhere where the stimulus is low. And when you leave, I'll probably go to sleep. He was like that. And then I had a little girl who I just knew she didn't like to go to sleep in my arms either, but she loved for me to put her in bed and grab her little blanket that was her favorite blanket and put it all around her face like this. So that her little face was just peeking out like that. And she would have this look on her face like, thank you, mommy. And then she would just go to sleep. But I really think that's what we're all trying to figure out is what does it look like for us when we need the Savior, when we are remembering him? And when we've taken his name upon us and we carry that with us, how do we know him? How do we find him? So it's a relationship thing, something that I, only me can do with my baby, right? Only I can do that with you. I do that better than dad. I do that better than your siblings. I am really good at figuring this out. And it's because I've spent a lot of time with you, helping you. So I really think that it's something to be aware of. And so this lesson notice has everything to do with our awareness that he is there. And that's why the first M in mom stands for my savior. It's a huge reminder on your mom power calendar that we are looking for him. We are trying to figure out what deeply means. Because if we can do that, boy, it's easier to be in a storm. So I would love to hear some of your thoughts and takeaways from our lesson notice, just notice, or some of your personal experiences as you've applied these mom power principles and leaning into, how can I find him? What comes to your mind? Yeah, thank you. So I took these classes kind of backwards and I didn't really know what they were about. One of my friends said, you need this class. You need to do this. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I did a lot of it, my phone in my pocket, and we were distance, like distance learning. So there was a lot happening. A lot of it was just coming to me. And the spirit would, I would feel the spirit and I would write whatever it was down. That, that spoke to me. And then later I would look at it. So this started before, well, sometime last year, the last couple of months of last year. And this weekend... I've been applying this calendar and I finally think I had it, but like I didn't own my field very well and my truth was pretty shaky. So I just like gave myself grace and was like, I'm not gonna worry about that. And this weekend I had a time where I had to kind of pick where to go because I had several friends that were kind of having a hard time. Some were just kind of throwing a fit. Some were just having a hard time. And I really prayed and tried to find the perspective of what would Christ do. And I really went to my calendar and I really went to my children to make sure that I was where my oil lamp was and tried to make sure that whatever I was about to do was useful and helpful. And that sounds really silly, but I, I didn't want to act the way I always acted because it doesn't go well. And it was amazing how I was able to see where our heavenly father and his son were already there where I was being asked to go, where the work was already being done and kind of the stages that these people were at. Some of them were trauma responding. Some of them were spinning. Some of them just needed a hug. And the, the mortal would have been like, I know, I know here's some words and more words. And it would have been more like a gasoline fire of words than any kind of comfort. 
And it, some of it was kind of awkward because I wasn't the same me that I normally was. It was different. And some of my friends were like, well, thanks for nothing. But later, almost every single one of them were like, okay, yeah, I can see. I can see what you're saying. And I, could, I understand that better. And it was hard for me to stay still in that, to trust um, my own peace and my own truth and my own tree. But it was the first time I successfully did that in a pretty big storm because there was a lot happening. And it, normally I would have been out putting out fires. And instead, I waited and let Heavenly Father help and tried to be a witness of Christ and to, to be there as if he was there with us. And I recognized he was already in their, their mess too. And I could see him trying to help them. And some, some of them saw him and some of them didn't. And some of them would pray with me and some of them wouldn't. But it was just amazing to see that we're all here in a mess, which I wouldn't have said. I hated that before. Ask Karen. <laughs> not in a mess. I'm not. It's my uniform, but it is. It's all a big mess. And we are loved and he's there helping everyone. And all we have to do is lift where we are with whatever strength we have in that moment. And it's magnified ridiculous amounts. So this, this collecting of power and collecting of my truth, it really helped me with my perspective of, okay, let's see where I should see from, you know, like getting to higher ground kind of perspective, but not, not too cool kind of ground. Like if the water's coming in, we get, we go, you know, disaster style, get to a better ground, safer ground, not smarter ground, anything like that. Just, it really helped me see that we need better perspective and we need his perspective. And it takes us a little bit more work and that little bit of stillness to get there because he's already there and he'll wait for us as long as it takes, even if it's months, right? <laughs> 44 years for sure. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for that. And thanks for pointing out that your growth toward the savior has helped you to recognize that he's also over there helping that. And I can trust that because now I understand what it feels like when he's helping me. That's a real thing. Yeah, thanks. Something that's really helped me to recognize and, and know my Savior more personally, is I was, and I was reminded of this when you read the scripture from Revelation 3.20, where it says, if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him. So what sticks out to me so much is hear my voice. You know, we've asked for President Nelson has said, you know, hear him and increase our personal revelation. And so I feel like the Savior is right there. I mean, he is just right there ready to help us. But we need to be willing to open the door and allow space so we can actually hear what he wants to say to us. And he's there. He can help us through, through the Spirit. We can get revelation on what he would have us, have us do and, and ways to help us. And it's one reason I love the mom power calendar, you know, and your power journaling concept, because I think those things help me find the Savior better in bringing me peace or giving me direction on things, how to, how to do things better in my life, even just feeling the Savior's peace and assurance is huge for me. So I would say, you know, if any man hear my voice, open the door and invite him in, invite him in, allow space to have him here with this then he's there that's so good thanks it's always exciting to watch people apply that prayer writing and reading and to notice that that's really what's changing hearts and countenances is that commitment to figure out how do i hear him how do I hear him? And when it awakens and you can actually see evidence daily that you are hearing him and he wants to talk to you. It just it changes us. And that's why the prayer, the writing and the reading is just so important. And yeah, just huge to Combine those three things and start creating evidence that you can go back and look at that says, that's what I saw. That's what it said. Now, I know that wasn't just me making that up. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. I was just going to add the word stamina. As I've put forth that effort, 
because spiritual stuff makes me exhausted. So like on Sunday, if I have three meetings, I'm exhausted. It is so overwhelming to me how much he loves us, how much he loves everyone. And when we get callings, how, so as, as I read and I'm diligent to that, my, I don't know, stamina might not be the best word, but my capacity and my stamina get bigger. So I'm able to do more without being as tired, without withdrawing and, you know, oh, it's like almost this discomfort, like that natural unworthiness, like, oh, I don't know. I'm out. I'm out of, I'm out of knowledge, right? Because the more I read, the more I'm like, oh yeah, people say things. I'm like, I read that. I read that. I read that. I read that. And it's pretty rare now for a talk to come across that I haven't read, which is huge confidence and huge stamina, which is just natural for ourselves. So that's another reason it's important. So good. Yeah. That's exactly what this elder said. Those words need to become our words. Those feelings that we're having, they need to become our feelings, like not somebody up there bearing their testimony. So good. Hi, I really like the idea of feasting because I think that's one of the things that has changed and helped my son. I think it's easy for a lot of us now I'm here hearing this, that we talk a lot more and just being a teacher. One of the things they say is if you're doing all the work, then they're, then you're the only one learning. So I just, especially when my son was really, really struggling, one of the things that I heard somewhere in one of these meetings was have him teach and testify of truth. And so it's just now it's becoming more and more common. They don't know I'm doing it. Good thing, probably. But I mean, we just always talk about the gospel. It's just the culture in our home. And so at dinner time, you know, we ask them about their day and stuff, but dinner and breakfast now, because now my kids, anyway, you know, they get to be teenagers. They're just gone and everything's crazy trying to get everything together at dinner time. So even at breakfast time, we're listening to talks and asking questions about words and things. But I noticed that the more my son especially teaches, if he's in a funk or even now I'm trying to, on my daughter, who's only 12, if they're struggling and they just can't seem to get out of wherever they are, one of the ways I help them feast on the word at the table is I ask them questions. And when they are answering the questions, they come alive. It doesn't matter what they're struggling with. If they think they're teaching someone else. So I have an eight-year-old daughter too. And my son just turns to her naturally. I don't even understand it. Like almost, He just kind of, I ask a question, he turns to her and starts teaching in her language. And it's really amazing because it, turns the switch almost automatically because I know now that it's because he's testifying of truth that he understands and he's teaching it in his way and not me. It's not me. It's not my husband. It's not someone else. He is turning his own truth on. So when you were talking about feasting, that was my moment of like, wow, this is really changing his story. And when there's a word in there that talked about this is his glory or something in the Isaiah chapter you shared. And I love that because one of the things that I have been taught through one of my callings was glory. All glory is, is a story. And sometimes glory was a hard thing for me to understand. But every time I put in the glory of the Lord is our story. And today I was writing down just now how, what that means for me and my family is my children's story how it it doesn't matter what their story is. What matters is that part where they're gaining a relationship with Christ and sinning and overcoming, making mistakes and overcoming is part of that relationship. And then seeing them in their callings and having to use his power to be able to do it and having it be hard, having it be really hard so that this part of their story doesn't matter what's easy. And I heard it in conference a little bit ago about the Lord doesn't care about our sacrifice. It doesn't care about what we're doing in our life if it doesn't require sacrifice. And I've really pondered on that. And it's kind of comes down to this also. It's our story, not just anything about our story, but the part of our story where we can see Jesus Christ literally in our life and taking our hand. And with that, that's all I want to say. Thank you. So great. Oh, I appreciate your testimony and the application of how you're also teaching children because there is a way, there's a way, isn't there? 
I don't know. Cause I don't know what my parents could have done differently when I think about it. But as I think about how I did it with my kids and tried to help them to find the savior, I could see things I could have done differently, you know, that would have made just really highlighted how to find a savior or that his very role is to help us think of what to do about that and how to know how to fix that. And a lot of it is reliant upon our willingness and our understanding that, yeah, like from a really little age that whenever there's a mistake made, that's when we are so grateful for Jesus Christ. Thank you for everything you've shared. I was trying to ask, I'm wondering, are you supposed to, are you supposed to like read something before we do these meetings? Cause this is new to me. (laughs) Is there like a manual or something? Is that what the mom power thing is? Cause I haven't read it yet. Yes. Thank you so much for asking. Actually there isn't a book. It's just kind of a self paced class and you should get it in your email every week. If you've registered for this class, you'll get an email that's about the lesson. And usually it will come just the night before the lesson that we're going to hit here in the Mom Power Live. You get all of it when you registered. You got it all in an email. Like here's where you find the course and how you open up all those lessons. And there's a, there's actually two versions of I can listen to that lesson. Um, if you've been around here for very long, you've probably noticed Karen never says the same thing twice. She does it different every time. <laughs> Um, and so, so yeah, there's a video version and an audio version, and then there's lots of resources that go along with the topic of the lesson. And then you also get, here's how you find your mom power calendar. So yeah. Will you please email us at mothers who know at lifechangingservices.org? Really, we will help you. We'll meet with you and walk you right through it if you have any questions, because I realize not everybody is, you know, yeah, you might be coming in right now, right? On lesson three. Can I just say you've done the biggest, most wonderful, brilliant thing of all the things you could have done. And it was seek. Just ask the question, you know, how many of us are like, well, my confidence is too low to ask the question, right? But for you to just say, I want to, I want to know something and to ask. You helped so many other women who haven't got it figured out yet, but they're thinking, what am I supposed to be doing? So thank you for that. That was brilliant. And I'm so, so happy to meet you. Thanks for being here. So that just, I just loved her little comment. It just reminded me when she said seek, because as Karen and everybody was talking, that was key for me. And I think it's so amazing because It was like Karen said, it was kind of in our motivation before, you know, I lived in the gospel my whole life and, but I was, you know, I was doing things to kind of check boxes, which is good. I was being obedient, but it's almost just taking that different level to seek that relationship with him. And so it's really amazing how we all, I think if you just start seeking it, it, it'll look different for all of us, but I just testify that it's just that purpose of, I want a relationship with him. And then you just start trying it and, you know, you'll find these little connections. Like in it, for me, that journal writing was like a key to my scripture study, because then I, I was able to feel like I was a team with him because I would fill things and I'd write those down. And then I'd be like, sweet, I can do that. And, and then you start just getting this momentum where you you know, like your son, you fist pump because you're a team with him. You know, you just feel this, wow, he really is with me. You know, I'm not on my own. I I'm feeling what it feels like to have a relationship with him. And then in that process too, the other key thing I found was learning from these classes, just how to love yourself, how to be kind to yourself and your thoughts. And, and I hadn't realized such a strong connection between my thoughts and how I was treating myself and feeling the savior's love for me. And that was huge because I realized I was kind of stopping it. He was there the whole time, but I was almost like deflecting it because I wasn't letting myself feel that for myself. Right. And so I just testify that 
when we just try, just like, I just want a deeper relationship. I'm here, like, you know, I'm setting my table. Like Karen said, I'm just preparing because that's what I want. I'm not doing it just to be done for the day. I really want a relationship with you and I want to be close and be a team. And then I just think everything changes. The Lord will just put line upon line, little things in our lives that will start to feel a little more close to him. And it's just amazing. So thanks everyone for your comments. And this amazing lesson is it really can be life-changing when we seek him. So thanks so much. Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much for your help today, for your comments and your sharing. It's been so wonderful to hear your thoughts and for you to share your heart, even your questions. I just think the whole stay by the tree, our battle cry in this training, it's this stay by the tree as a reminder of who I am, whose I am, and that I'm trying to work my way to the Savior to stay by the tree, to be able to beckon from the tree instead of being lost in that lone and dreary awful. I think Lehi's dream and our stay by the tree has a lot of significance here to that principle of finding the savior. There are some really core principles here in this training, but the most important ones have to do with our spiritual journey toward how we go from just knowing about Jesus Christ to knowing Jesus Christ. And it's very personal and unique to each of us. And I'm so grateful for that. It makes it really special that one by one, he does it in a way. It's just just for us. And he really does want to come in and sup at our table, in our life, in our story. But he really does honor our agency and just waits for us to, to notice that we haven't quite figured it out yet. Can I say one thing? I know you're trying to leave. Yes. But so I'm kind of annoyed because this glass of water is sitting here and I was waiting for you to tell me it's time to drink your water. And I didn't want, so I didn't want to drink it. So what I was thinking was this. I'm sitting here so thirsty, literally, because I just worked out. So I was thinking, I really want to drink the water, but Karen's going to let me tell me I can drink it. And so I thought, you know, notice, just notice. It's like, if you put something out, uh, your scriptures or your book that you um, write your letters to God, then you will notice that and that it's there and available. And so anyway, I'm going to drink my water now, but thank you so much for your, your lesson. It was awesome. Hey, thanks for that at the end. That's so good. Yep. We all got to figure out how to drink that water. And that's so cute that you thought I was going to say that would have been cute of me. Didn't even think of that one. Thanks everybody for being here. We'll see you next time.